Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Yeah, hurry up and start your stupid podcast. Oh, let me guess, you're going to call it the Fun Friday Pod? What a stupid slogan. It's not a fucking slogan, sweetheart. What is it then? I don't know, it's a term. What's up, Jans? Thank you for listening to the, yes, the Fun Friday Pod, okay? Oh, let me guess, you're going to recount your Halloween weekend like anybody in the planet gives a fuck about that? About your stupid, bald holiday a week ago? Hey, why are you so cruel? I'm not cruel, I'm just realistic. Anywho, what's up, Jeans? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, dude, Did you, I hope you guys had a nice Halloween weekend last weekend. I fucking actually made an effort, and I dressed up as the dude from the Big Lebowski, and then I immediately lost my wig like three hours, in, not three hours, like five hours into the night, just took it off because it was scratchy. I was trying to talk to a girl, <laughs> ended up with somebody else. I don't even have the wig anymore. So then I was just walking around the rest of the weekend like, do I wear a bathrobe? You know, I had a bathrobe and a wig to try to look like Jeff Bridges, and then without the wig, I just look like, well... Like a dumbass, so I thought I would. I would just. I just called myself Jason Statham in the morning. That, that's what I went with. I don't think anybody thought I looked like Jason Statham, but that's what I said to myself as I walked around. You don't look like Jason Statham. Trust me. All right, honey, just be nice. I'm not gonna be nice to a dipshit. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> I went to the uh, New York Comedy Club holiday party on Sunday night. That's always a fun time. You know, it's nice when comics just hang out with each other instead of just trying to like run around and like try to get shows and like, you know, sometimes shows can be like not the most fun time if you're not performing on the show or if you, even if you are performing on the show and you're just kind of sitting around in the back, like checking your phone or, you know, leaning in and whispering to another comic. Like you're not an audience member. The audience members are having fun. You know, they're there. They have a drink. They're normal people. They have a date. You're just in the back, like looking on your phone like I'm a loser. But when you're at a comedy club party, now you can be the life of the party and it's fun. So that's something. It was a lot of fun. All right. Danny, okay. That's good. This is, this is good content. Uh, I got some feedback uh, on the old pod, John, from my buddy, Derek Brown. Um, he used to be my boss at Cox Communications Atlanta. He was uh, texting me about the Tom McCaffrey pod last week. And he said, your friend Tom McCaffrey was hysterical putting up with you trying to talk about the movies that you have no idea what's going on about. <laughs> I love this pod. I think I think he like t- was doing talk to text because I don't think that sentence is quite clear. But I think what he meant to say is like we were talking about like thrill or like horror movies, which I don't like. And Tom would just like be look, just kind of look at me like you don't even know you don't even know what that movie is, dude. Or if I didn't remember a fact from a movie I had seen, just like you don't remember that, <laughs> dude. Tom McAvery. And when I when I he's a funny New York comedian. If you haven't heard his uh, heard him before or heard his episodes on my pod, but dude, he always just cracks me the fuck up. And he's got an album out called New York Funny, fucking hilarious, dude. You know, it was also nice to talk to my brother Ben this past week. He's out there in Colorado making content, trolling companies, trolling the CEO of Twitch. Ben likes to attack those that don't treat people well, like customer, like uh, like if American Airlines, if their workers go on strike. He takes the side of the workers and goes after management and the PR leaders of these companies. <laughs> it's it's fucking great, dude. It's great to see like a real PR person from a major company write back Ben's fake account, being like, uh, "I looked this up and it's uh, it doesn't look like to me like you're like a real person or whatever." So like, can you just stop doing that, dude? It's like no, we can't stop doing it. You're boring. Your job's boring. Okay, be more interesting. 
my friend uh, Julio Gallarotti, co-host of Oops the podcast. He had this uh, <laughs> this impression that he texted. This is his impression of me on a Saturday night. I go, dude, we're hitting the hungry werewolf, and then I'm meeting this married chick and her friend at Father's Ruin. <laughs> Blow is on the way, Jen. And then a sunglasses emoji. <laughs> okay, none of that's true. All right, you know, Julio mocking me. Julio just thinks up text to mock me and then whoop just sends right through. I always think that's a funny sound to make. Like if you just send something ridiculous, like like jokingly mean to your friend, just like whoop. <laughs> this text just comes in like, oh man, this is clearly an attack on me. All right. I was looking through some old uh joke. By the way, if you haven't listened to the Fun Friday pod before, it's basically like a curation, an assortment of ideas that I thought were funny or interesting throughout the week, and I just string them all together. And then it just ends. So that's that's basically what it is. It seems to be working, you know? I don't know. I feel like the, the pod has had it's hit a threshold that it hadn't hit before in the past six months, and it stayed above this threshold. I'm not gonna disclose numbers. It's too early. It's too early in the game to disclose your pod numbers, honey. You just keep on trucking. <laughs> Anyways, I was looking at my old joke notebooks, and I found this one idea that I had. I said, I just want a job where I can keep an eye on the sunset. And no, I, that's I. I kind of like it. Kind of resonates with it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Your own idea resonates with you. What a fucking self-absorbed loser you are, honey. <laughs> Sweetie, that's not nice. But you know, I mean, it's funny because after the pandemic, I mean, if you have like a white-collar job where you can work from anywhere, you probably can have a job where you can keep an eye on the sunset. You can just sit outside and work outside. You know. Like I feel like we've all been. I mean, the white-collar types like myself i'm not bragging it sucks (laughs) we've all just been sitting inside our houses for like 18 months and it's just like dude what am i doing like i'm almost tempted to go into my company's office just to be around people but then the prospect of getting up at like what 7 50 in the morning and showering and getting on the subway and then like finding a seat and like being distracted by talking to people and feeling stressed out like i'm not getting enough work done and then I just would prefer to stay up till 1.30 a.m., do my little nightly routine, watch the monologue of Colbert and go to bed, you know, maybe read a few pages of a confederacy of dunces, have a nice solo time. <laughs> I was really thinking about, dude, that Jules uh, appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast. I, I hate when you say the words Joe Rogan, everybody immediately has this like visceral response and like knee jerk kind of response. The, the conversations who cares about the person the conversations i learned so much from them and like jewel her organization um i think it's called inspiring children she just like thought this shit up like 18 years ago and she teaches kids how to use like mindfulness techniques and just i think it's well beyond that actually just how to like think through their approach to their lives and how to improve it and how to make a better life life for themselves lives for themselves life for themselves i'm like dude maybe i should just fucking get a dog and like get involved with Jules organization. And then I'm like, or, or I could finish watching season one of white of the white Lotus. That's something else I, I could consider. By the way, when people say white, they're like, Oh yeah, I like white Lotus. It's not white Lotus. I'm talking about the HBO show. It's the white Lotus. Can we, can we fix that society? Can people stop saying white Lotus? The name of the hotel is the white Lotus. It's a hotel. It's it's not a show about a flower. It's a show about a hotel. Jesus Christ. All right, honey, you're getting a little worked up. <laughs> I uh I don't know. I um oh I heard uh 
Kate Beckinsale on Howard Stern. And I just love listening to British people talk because they just come up with these phrases that I, like I wouldn't even in a million years, I couldn't conceive how to say it. And then once you hear it, it's this beautiful little piece of almost like poetry. But she was talking about um, her having a baby and somebody asked her how her baby was. And they said, how's your baby? And she goes, oh, she's eminently portable, <laughs> eminently portable to describe a baby. Dude, that's such a nice phrase. Oh, my eminently portable baby and I are taking the lift to our flat. All right, Danny, you're terrible at this. You're really bad at that, hon. All right. Um, but anyway, I've been dealing with my fucking... I'm, this is, I feel like this is universally applicable. I've been dealing with... I've been working with this like life coach now that I have life insurance or like health insurance benefits through my company. And she's helped me like think about like, am I satisfied with the different dimensions of my life? Which I, I was about to say that's selfish. It's not selfish to go to therapy, Danny. Um... And then, so I started thinking about it. I'm like, if the right person came along in my life today, would I be open to carving out the time that it would take to build a successful relationship? You know, because I'm always like, oh, I want a girlfriend so bad. I always want a girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, but do you, Danny? Your fucking regimented schedule of working and then working out and then doing your podcast, sitting and staring at a computer, maybe going to a comedy club, doing a show. Like, what? Would I have time and space for this? You know, is it really what I what I want to do? You know. And then I was getting bummed, like, dude, you're 46, bro. What the fuck are you doing, Danny? You know, is it time to like fucking become a real adult? Um, but then I heard a couple of things that inspired me. Someone was saying, somebody prominent, I'm not going to say who it is, because I don't like the, they said, you can have a happy life without kids. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, if somebody prominent and rich and famous said that, then that's probably true, because <laughs> I trust rich and famous prominent people. But it's nice to hear from somebody that is uh, socially prominent in society that does have kids, you know? Um, to acknowledge that their particular choice in, in life and their path isn't necessarily the right one for all people. I know it sounds simple, but I think there's a tendency towards conformity within our society. So, you know, it's nice to hear that. Um, and then Marlon Wayans, I was listening to an interview with him. He's approaching 50, I think he's like 48, 49, maybe. I believe he's born in 1973. He said, my best years are ahead of me. I can't wait to see the next 20 years. And that's so nice and inspiring to hear, you know, because I think that the basic stereotype in American society is that like, oh, man, your college years, are your best years, and then you're in your 20s, you look great. And then it's all downhill from there or er, er, over 30. You're really tired by Friday or er, er. dude, fuck that. Fuck that shit. I don't get tired as the week goes on. I get stronger because I'm not drinking and working out. <laughs> so, yeah. So those two things made me think like, OK, Danny, maybe it's time to stop beating yourself up about the progress you've made with your life and the current status of your life. And it's time to start getting excited about the future that you have and what you're doing today and quit ruminating and getting angsty and just fucking engage in the world. You know, like every fucking 20 seconds I spend thinking about like, Oh, I wish I had a girlfriend that could be, you know, signing up for to help with Jules organization. You know what I mean? There's shit you can do. There's fucking, there's shit you could do, honey. Don't get down on yourself. All right, baby. You're right. Um, I actually do have some space news this week. So I thought this was kind of an interesting uh, thing. They're growing chili peppers on the International Space Station. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? That's something that hasn't been done before. Um, and it's red and green chili peppers that were from Hatch, New Mexico. Did you know that New Mexico had a town named Hatch? Me neither. They arrived at the space station in June as part of an experiment initiated by astronaut Shane Kimbrough. So um, this guy grew 
uh, Romaine lettuce in 2016 on the space station. <laughs> okay. I don't know. That's just kind of funny to me. Okay, let's start with romaine lettuce. If that goes well, we'll shift to something hot. And apparently, it's nice or like something spicy and crazy. Apparently, your sense of taste and smell decreases when you're in space. So you have a tendency to want more and more spicy foods. And then if we go to Mars and that lengthy trip there and possibly back, I'm sure your sense of taste and smell will only decrease over the length of that trip. So the need for more and more spicy foods in space will increase over time as the amount of people traveling up there increase as well. So that's kind of fun to think about, you know, just make a bunch of spicy food in space. But I mean, it's not like the traditional thing you would think about. You just think about like, oh, we are traveling far. Tommy Lee Jones is spinning out of control and dead. <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, the peppers take four months to grow. And then the astronauts will have to harvest them a final time before being eaten, which I don't really understand what that means. Yeah, how can you, you can harvest peppers more than once? But basically, they ship this these seeds in a science carrier, and then they slotted them into a plant growth chamber called the Advanced Plant Habitat on the orbiting laboratory where astronauts raise crops. And then they're going to eat some of them and then send the rest back to Earth for analysis if it's shown that they are safe to eat. Now, that kind of, that made me wonder, like, what the fuck? If, I mean, if you grow pepper in space, why would it not be safe to eat? Does it, like, sprout arsenic? Like, what the fuck? I don't think, th- it's going to be fine. I'm not a scientist, but I'm going to make a prediction here. That's going to work out just fine. But I guess they have to pollinate the peppers to grow fruit. They have to like, you know, it sounds to me like what they have to do is just grow peppers to grow peppers. <laughs> I think that's the real meat of this. Or, oh, meat. It's a, it's a vegetable, sweetie. <laughs> All right, Danny, don't. That's not a joke. Sorry. Sorry. So, so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. When I went to uh, London, first, I'd never been to Europe. Went to London, flew over there, got on this train from uh, Heathrow Airport to go to, I forget, some neighborhood in town, you know. So we're on the thing. It was like a red-eye flight. I was tired, but I was excited to be in London, to be in England and eventually Europe for the first time. I don't know if Europe is, England is a part of Europe. I think some would argue that it's not. It's an island near Europe. Who's the fucking say? Anyways, the train that I was on broke down and it was like on these electrical tracks and there was a, a lady conductor and she got in the thing and she was like, I am so sorry. She's like, there's been a mechanical mishap. We're working on it. And it's like, oh, okay. That, you know, that sucks. But okay. At least she told us what's going on. Dude, that lady apologized. I'm not even, I'm not exaggerating. She apologized at least 40 times <laughs> in the next like 15 to 20 minutes. We ultimately had to get it, you know, get off the train, go around to the other side of the tracks, wait for another blah, blah. It, it resolved itself eventually, but I, that's one of the most it's one of the top things i remember from that entire 10-day trip is i am so sorry <laughs> it's great i wish more people were as polite as british people are you know it's a nice thing um ooh, look at this you're doing good hun you haven't hit stop once and you're 15 minutes in this is a good healthy recording this, this makes me feel like 20 that movie uh 1917 when it's just like one shot for an hour and a, i'm not. this is not going to go an hour and a half don't you worry also, isn't it interesting that when you're listening to a podcast and they talk about, oh, we should wrap up soon, and you look down and you see that there's like 45 minutes left in the recording, you're like, well, clearly they didn't wrap up soon. I think it's one thing about podcasting that's different than the movies. You know, you can kind of like, I mean, I guess you could hit, if you're watching a movie at home, you could hit stop and look at the timer and see, oh, there's this much time left. But for the most part, you don't really see the time as often as when you do when, when you listen to a podcast. Is that content? I feel like that's content comparing time and podcasts to movies. Is this, is this something? Um, 
the other interesting, I feel bad that I haven't talked a lot about space lately, but the other interesting space story this week, I thought, is also related to the International Space Station. So Blue Origin, Jeff Bezos's rocket company, they want to build their own space station. They're going to team up with Sierra Space and Boeing and other companies to build a, a potential replacement or complement to the International Space Station. Because in 2030, the funding for the ISS, the current ISS, is slated to expire. And it's a pretty old craft. I think it's over 30 years old. So it's like, you know, China's building their own space station. I don't think NASA has plans to really replace the ISS. Like, we need to do some shit. You know, like, it's not good for just China to have a fucking space station. Like, we should go up there and have one too. And our space stations are just warily eyeing each other. (laughs) Anyways, dude, how much do you think that the International Space Station is worth or costs? I'm not really sure which figure this is. Oh, it's 20 years old, not 30. It costs or it is worth $100 billion. Isn't that crazy? So anyways, um, NASA is going to fund... Oh, NASA is going to help build this private space station. They're going to allocate up to $400 million to kickstart construction. And then, uh, you know, they'll partner with companies like SpaceX to get cargo and astronauts up there. I'm sorry. That's what they do now with for the ISS. But I'm sure, you know, basically all the shit we're building in space now is going to be a consortium of public and private funds and uh, resources. There's no longer going to be... NASA versus private. It's going to be like all of the above, just all partying together and making shit together. So that's kind of cool. They think that they could build this. Uh, um, what? The proposal by Blue Origin and its partners called Orbital Reef only exists in digital animations and drawings. Yes, that's right. Okay. So this new space station is going to be called Orbital Reef. Dude, that's kind of sick. I like that. They think that it could be built by the end of this decade. It's going to compete with the Chinese space station. Yes, I've already said that. Um, and... Jeff Bezos has committed to spend a billion dollars per year of his fortune on Blue Origin, the company overall, I guess not just this space station, but he wants to create the conditions for millions of people to live and work in space, which I mean, frankly, to me, that sounds a little preposterous. I mean, as as big of a space optimist as I am, like millions, dude, are millions going to want to go? I don't think millions, maybe like a hundred thousand, I don't think millions. You just look up in the sky at night. You're like, look at all those millions of people up there. I think I would just probably blow my brains out if that was the case. I don't want to see that. That's that's scaring me. That's making me real scared. Anyways, so that's going to be fun. Um, they're going to build this fucking thing. I don't want to read this for the rest of this article. I'm going to spare you. You know, they said we're committing to making this happen regardless of what NASA is able to fund. I don't doubt that. You know, I mean Jeff Bezos is, has basically unlimited funds. He wants to do it. He knows how to organize all these companies and shit. So now we're going to have Orbital Reef competing with China's space station. Isn't it weird to think about like what life was like even like 20 years ago, which in the grand scheme of things is not that long, but in like the course of one lifetime is a pretty long time. Like, you know, like think about the Challenger and the Columbia space stations going up to space. Like the world today is like drastically different. And I feel like the pace of change in space travel and space technology and uh, endeavors is only going to accelerate over time until we have some crazy ass shit going on up there, dude. We already do have crazy ass shit going on up there. Okay. Anyways, that was the Pepper article. I already read the Pepper article. That was a space station article. Just calm down, honey. Just calm down. Just do the articles one at a time. You're doing fine. You're almost at 20 minutes. It's no big deal. Um, I read this article. I think it was on like LinkedIn, actually. Like LinkedIn actually has some really good inspiring content sometimes, even though you're just like, dude, LinkedIn, come on, dude. Um, but they were giving advice, like career advice about plotting out your life and your career. I felt like this content could be helpful, applicable to really anybody. So... Um, this career strategy coach, Tiffany Uman, 
is it Uman or Uman? It's probably Uman. Tiffany Uman, she said, most importantly, know that your career is meant to evolve as you do. Don't put so much pressure on what should I do with my life, but rather what should I do next that's aligned with my driving motivators. I like that advice a lot, you know, because if you just play, have this like Mount Everest, um, pinnacle of Mount Everest goal and you're sitting at base camp and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get to the top. That That's insane. Like, where is the first trail? How close are you to it? And how do you start walking to that trail? Like, that's what really what you got to focus on to get shit done or else it's just going to be too overwhelming, you know? Um, she said, it's a lot more liberating taking it in stages like this, especially when you're reevaluating what you truly want. Um, another piece of advice was from Ed Caesar, sorry, Ed Casas, this text is really small, who works in talent acquisition. Think about what makes you happy, he wrote. What company, what culture, what type of leadership mentality, what type of vibe and day-to-day? What are your real strengths when your butt is in the seat? If you're tactical, find a tactical career. If you're strategic, then you get the drift. Find a strategic career. Why are you settling for your own status quo? Live a great work life the way you live and hopefully love your personal life. That last sentence, it took me a minute to like get what he means by that. Live a great work life in the same way that you live and hopefully love your personal life. Now, that is an interesting idea, you know? Because I mean, think about what you do. Like, if you have like a regular day job, like most people do, think about how you do, like, how you feel and how you think and how you act during the workday when you're doing this mandatory thing that's gonna pay your rent, pay your mortgage. And then think about what you do at night when you're just fucking chilling, watching your favorite show, listening to tunes, hanging with your friends. Like it feels different, right? So, but how do you find a way to make your life so that you're, you're like super chill, fun vibes on nights and weekends with your friends and family and taking in the culture that you enjoy? How do you have like rep, not replicate, but how do you like create that feeling in your work life? It's a really good challenge. I think we're going to end the old pod, John, on that, even though it's only 22 minutes. Who cares, Danny? It's a more comp- congestible. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't had a sip of water in 20 minutes. Time for Jen. Time out. Hold for Jen. By the way, I switched to... Uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I switched from mostly drinking Tangeray and tonics to drinking Tangeray and soda. Cuts the calories and the gin. You can taste the gin more clearly instead of all that fucking sugar. And tonic, it's a healthy choice, guys. If you're looking for healthy choices to make in your life, start mixing your gin with tonic instead of soda. That's really the only sound advice I have for you this week. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I always think about like, like my coworkers at my professional job. Like sometimes I'll mention my podcast and I wonder if they listen to it. You know, like I feel like most of the content up to this point has been pretty like you know, reasonably normal and like, okay, that makes sense. Space station, like career choices, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Oh, that feels so good. Don't let your coworkers listen to this part. I mean, you fucking your girlfriend giving it to her real good. <laughs> well, John, that's the end of the John. Thank you for listening and uh, enjoy your fucking post Thanksgiving weekends. Thanksgiving, Danny. Halloween, buddy. Halloween. Dude, Halloween was pretty fun this year. I'm not going to lie. I, sometimes I don't like it. It's just like, dude, it just depresses me. It's like, oh, you know what that means? The fucking winter's coming. It's going to be fucking shitty soon. So enjoy this fucking jack-o'-lantern and the cold weather. But this year, I'm like, no, dude. Embrace it, Danny. Live your best life, dude. Live your... 
dude, th- this isn't even content, Danny. You're just making up things in your head. Just end. The- just hit stop. Just hit stop. You've completed the thing you want to complete. There's no need to just like make up bullshit until I get to 25 minutes. 25 minutes is an arbitrary number that no one gives a fuck about. You can edit it 24. In fact, if you add in the <laughs> the intro, that's about seven seconds. You're already past 24. You're, you're doing fine. 24 is great. That was Kobe Bryant's number. This is my tribute to him. All right. Thank you for listening. Cheers.